Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Well, I'm glad you are here. I hope that you feel welcome. You do feel at home. Um, and that above all of that, that really that the Spirit of the Lord, that He just speak to you today. That's our prayer is that, you know, not just to be like, oh yeah, um, it was a really nice time. I felt like a little fuzzies here, there, or like I had the coffee and snacks afterwards, which you should go to afterwards um, in the Connect Bar, but is that Jesus would speak to your heart. That really, if you're like, what are these guys about? We are about Jesus. Bottom line is pointing people, helping people to thrive with God, because we believe as you thrive with God that you will then, every other area of your life will thrive. Um, so I'm just so glad uh, that you are here. We're uh, going to this week conclude our series, I Will. I Will. We're concluding our series, I Will. Um, and now we've been talking about that, listen, God has a plan. He has a purpose for you. He has good things for you. That, that there are now, there's finished works that Jesus has done and that the Bible says to run the race that God has given you. That, that, that we are to run the race that God has given us. That every single one of us have a race, something that God has put in front of you, and for you to run that race. And I don't know about you, I, I would hope you would say with me is that I will, I, I will walk in all that God has for me. But that doesn't come from just trying. I, I'm not going to just try to, you know, uh, walk in what God has. I, I, we've said that we don't try, we train. And, and we, we don't try to, to walk in love. No, we train to walk in love. We don't try to be, you know, a better spouse. No, we train to be a better spouse. We don't try to forgive. No, no, no. I'm training to forgive. See, I'm, I'm working on a process that God has for me, allowing him to work in and through and to train me to get me there. So we said uh, throughout the collection, we've said that training, it's made up of this. It's instruction, which is, of course, God's word and his spirit speaking to you. There's intentional plan, and that comes from the instruction, God's word. Uh, and then repetitive practice, which we talked about last week. Repetitive practice. And then the fourth part, which, uh, spoiler alert, we're going to talk about today, is uh, continual feedback. Continual feedback. You know, the, uh, the English language, it's, well, it's the only one I know, um, but it's kind of funny how some words... It can, they can be the same word, but have multiple meanings. You know what I mean? Like bark, it could be like the thing on a tree, or it could be a dog, right? That, that your neighbor's dog. Leaves, or um, uh, you, you leaves, uh, or I'm leave, leaves, or what am I saying here? I don't know. Uh, crane, uh, a bird, or crane that builds buildings. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, another word is feedback. Feedback has a few different meanings. You know, feedback could be that um, screeching, that horrible sound that comes from speakers. You know the sound I'm talking about, that like really that awful sound that no one likes and that everybody until now ignored the sound person, and then they give that dirty look back there of like, what is this sound? You know what I mean? And they look back there. Um, and, and so that's one feedback. And of course, we're not going to talk about that kind of feedback. Um, but we're going to talk about this kind of feedback. And it's that continual feedback of that's helpful information and instruction and correction um, of what can be done to improve. Uh, like slight change here, a tweak there, um, do this here, uh, uh, feedback. 
And yet some people respond to feedback, this type that I'm just talking about, the same way that people respond to from the speakers. I don't want to hear that noise. Turn it off. That is awful. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't want to have any of that feedback. Yet feedback is how is the one of the ways in which we grow, we refine, we get better. You guys with me? Yeah, okay, good. I know you are. Um, uh, so how, here's a question. How do you respond to feedback? Is, it, it, in my, is my response, my first response, like a rebuttal? When someone gives me feedback, it's like, I rebuttal, whoa, 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 if it, this is actually why, or you defend yourself. Or, or it's like, I, listen, I'm not hearing it. Who are you to tell me? I've been doing this X amount of time. Or do you receive feedback or counsel and, and implement it? You take that counsel and you implement it. Uh, Proverbs 12, 1, it says this. It says, whoever loves instruction, correction, it could be, um, we could implement the word feedback, loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is stupid. There is uh, no mincing words there with uh, the New King James. Is if you love correction, you like knowledge or uh, instruction. But if you hate correction, that is stupid. Um, it is stupid. And uh, uh, why? Because I think you're missing an opportunity of growth and to move forward. That, that when we receive correction or feedback, uh, it, it, it helps us grow. But if we never receive it, you're going to stay stagnant on where you are. Proverbs 9, verse 8, it says this. It says, do not correct a scoffer lest he hates you. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man, and he will be uh, still wiser. Teach a just man, and he will increase in learning. So when you receive correction, when you receive direction, you become wiser. You grow, and you move forward. You move forward. Um, uh, and, and what is, we know that the beginning of all wisdom is the reverential awe of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So those who fear God, um, they, they have wisdom and they receive correction. They receive instruction. They receive feedback. Uh, you know, if you say, I will walk in all that God has for me, it's I will train. And part of that training is this, is to receive continual feedback. You know, coaches, they give continual feedback to athletes. They, uh, okay, let's make this one change here of how you approach the ball. Like Natalie was, Nat, my wife, um, who's downstairs teaching the kids today, but my wife, she was a, a head coach for a university team for years and years and years. And it was amazing, like, some of the stuff that she was saying, but, like, she'd be like, okay, change this about your approach of how you walk up to the ball. And I'm like, that makes a difference? Yes. And so the coach would give feedback of, okay, just change your footwork. Instead of this foot first, do this foot first. I didn't know that made any difference, but apparently it did. Uh, or like, okay, um, uh, maybe, okay, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Don't look here. Instead, look over here. Or it's time now to incorporate this. Because you've grown, it is now time to incorporate this. Or uh, even feedback of, good job. Um, but, or, okay, we're going to work on this area. And feedback allows us to grow. 
You know what's amazing to me is that athletes don't get to a place where they don't need coaches. Like, you're not like you get to the NFL and you're like, okay, I made it. I made it, all of me. Like, I'm probably one of the dude's thighs. <laughs> and he's like, I made it. I'm here. And they don't need any coach. I'm like, I'm here. I don't need any coach, right? Like, you, you get to the, the pinnacle of tennis and you're like, yeah, I don't need anybody now. I'm teaching everybody. I, I don't need any, any coaches. No, you see every single sport. You see Serena Williams. She has a coach. You see Tiger Woods when he was really good and still now, um, but uh, is he had a coach. You see who's standing uh, behind the bench of the NHL teams. You have a coach. See, no matter what level you get, if you will, you always need feedback. You never get to a place where it's like, okay, I've made it. I don't need to hear anything. That always you need that feedback because there are things that you will not see just because of where you are, right? So coaches give that, that part. And as we are training and following Jesus, we said last week, and communing with him, part of that is receiving continual feedback from God. Receiving that continual feedback from God. And just as coaches, they have different channels in which that they would give feedback. I believe God has different ways in which he would get feedback to you, um, to make this shift here. And then suddenly it's like, I've been struggling in my relationships and I make this shift and now, oh my goodness, things are starting to flourish a bit here. Or, okay, no, 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 you're, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Refocus over here, right? Or now you've got to this point in maturity, it's now time to incorporate this, Josiah, right? So God gives you feedback. I think it's so good that it's not that God will give you instruction in his word and then he just says, okay, you have the instructions, figure it out. That, but, that, and he doesn't abandon us there. See, he gives us instructions. He gives us a plan. He gives us now things that we can incorporate into the rhythm of life. But then he'll also, because he's loving, he's caring, he gives us feedback. He, the Bible says he leads and he guides us. He leads and he guides us. God will give us continual feedback. See, as Jeremiah, uh, the prophet wrote, God spoke through Jeremiah. God said, I am the potter, you are the clay. See, the potter doesn't just get clay and say, oh, good. The potter is continually on the potter's wheel working the clay. Uh, okay, we're going to tweak this. We're going to make this change here. We're going to change it up. See, and, and, you're, and you're changing into the image that the potter has in mind. Uh, it's probably usually something to hold something. I think that as we are on God, on the potter's wheel, and we are the clay, he is the potter, he's changing us into the image of Christ so that we can hold his glory and what he has so that we can pour out his goodness on those that are around us, those that God has called us to reach uh, and where you are. So, and, and he will make adjustments, shifts, changes. And in order to say, I will walk in all God has for me, I need to be able to get, to, I need to get to the place where I am willing and I gladly receive feedback. I'm gladly and I'm willing to receive feedback, to remain teachable, to learn from God that I don't know it all, that I actually don't know it all. That's, that's kind of a freeing statement sometimes. You're in a situation, well, I don't know it all, but I do know the one who does. 
I do know the one who does. And I'm glad he didn't just say, well, figure it out. No, he said, I'm going to lead you and guide you. He doesn't leave us or forsake us. He gives you feedback. Uh, like Psalms 86.11 says, uh, I like this psalm. It says, teach me your way, O Lord. Uh, I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name, to have that reverential awe for your name. Teach me your way. I, see, God, Isaiah said that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, and so, but that we're not just, okay, he's up here, we're down here. God's inviting us to follow him and come up to his way of doing things, his way of thinking, and he will give you um, that direction. You know, for teams... There's the head coach, and they, whether it's a football team, volleyball team, uh, name your sport, let's fill it in, soccer, um, and they give feedback. But they also have other channels in which they give feedback, right? Other channels or under the coach's authority that they give feedback to the team. You have, you know, your assistant coach, maybe your offensive coach, maybe your defensive coach, uh, maybe fill in another what sort of coaches do tennis people have? Your hitting coach? <laughs> your hitting back coach? I don't know. Um, I'm not a tennis player, obviously. So if you want to work on your tennis game, just invite me and you'll feel wonderful. Um, but there will be team captains. There's, that's another way. Uh, also, there's uh, where the whole team is collectively giving feedback. And God, too, he has different channels, if you will, that he gives us feedback and counsel. Uh, that we say, okay, make this shift here, tweak this here. Hey, there's, uh, you're not seeing this right now, but there's danger over here. Avoid that. Uh, oh, it's time to step up and step into what God has for you now. Oh, look how much you've grown. You're not seeing it right now, but you've grown in this area. Or, oh, time to refocus. God has different ways. Uh, I'm going to just go into four different ways that I believe the Lord uh, gives you feedback and and in, and in giving you feedback, helping you grow. Uh, the first one is, is God's word. Uh, God's word brings feedback to us. It gives us feedback. See, it's not just I read it once and then, well, I read it and I'm good. There's the continual. Have you ever heard like given someone, uh, like told them something and they're like, I know. Oh my goodness, it's the hardest thing ever. Okay, well, I guess if you know, I can't really help you, right? Uh, you know, you could approach the Bible as like, yeah, I, I know. Like, I've read this a couple times. I know. I've actually read this multiple times. See the creases? I know. But instead, uh, as Jesus said, abide in me. Let my word abide in you. See, as we abide in his word, as we, as we let soak in his word, if you will, there, there becomes a better flavor that will come out of your life. Um, as you soak in, in his word, see, he'll point things out. I, I can't tell you the amount of time where I've like been doing morning devotions. I, I do, one of the parts of it I do is a, I read a proverb a day, because there's 31 proverbs, usually 31 days. Some months I double up. Um, but as I'm reading uh, the proverb, and then all of a sudden, that day, what that proverb said, I need it for that morning or that, that afternoon, and it's applicable. It's like if I just said, well, I've read it once, like check proverbs, uh, and then, then I would have missed out. But see, God was refining, correcting, even in those moments of changing. Um, as, as Psalms 119, of course, says um, that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. See, his word is, is a lamp. 
uh, it didn't say like a floodlight. It didn't, well, did they have floodlights back then, Josiah? Why would they say that? Um, now, but a lamp, really, it only gives you so much further to, further to see. So as you're going, the lamp will then illuminate where you're going, and it can correct your path because it's like, oh, there's some, there's like the path ends over there, and there's like the perilous death fall over there. Oh, okay, I'll just start going this way, right? And it's like as you're in the Word, His Word is illuminating as you go forward and can actually then correct your steps, direct your steps of where you need to go. The, the second way is, of course, is, is, uh, is the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. Uh, John 10, 27 tells us that we are his sheep. We hear his voice. Jesus makes the claim. He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. And he takes care of his sheep. Now, so we hear his voice. See, God is speaking. And more importantly, is God is speaking to you. He's not just speaking. He's speaking to you today. Uh, in John 16, verse 13, it says this. However, when he, Jesus speaking, he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will guide you into all truth. See, the Holy Spirit will speak to you and guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you of the things to come. He will glorify me, uh, uh, for he will take of mine and declare it to you. So the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today. He's directing you today. He will lead you today. He will guide you today. Uh, okay, talk, uh, talk to this person or try doing it this way. Not just like this airy-fairy stuff of that's not like applicable to life. And maybe it's, it's something as, as practical as, you know what, you need to actually go back and make sure everything's okay with, with this friend. Or you need to go and check that, okay, everything's okay with your, your, your spouse. Or you need to, uh, I, I was talking with um, someone uh, like a few months ago, and they uh, are a business owner, and they were just finding they are getting to a certain place in their business, and they were just hitting a wall when it came to client acquisition. Just a wall, just a wall. And then the Holy Spirit dropped in their heart, hey, make this shift. Make this correction. Change the way you are saying um, this one thing. And the Holy Spirit uh, dropped that into heart. And all of a sudden, they're starting to land clients like that. They're landing clients. See, God is practical. It's not just like, okay, just on Sundays, this is like my God space. We'll talk about God and then go out. No, God is practical of where you are. I think of like uh, so many times, uh, like parenting. I've said, okay, Jesus help. Um, but is that so many times where it's like, hey, how do we deal with this? And, and the Spirit of the Lord will speak to my heart and, okay, make this one shift. Make this one shift. And then all of a sudden, my son or my daughter, it's like, oh, that was it. I could have read so many books trying to figure this out, went here and there. And no, but the, the Lord just said, okay, make this one correction. I was open to some feedback here of what the Lord had. And it was a game changer. But if, if that person, say, would have approached their business as like, okay, well, this is business. This is my business. I know what I'm doing. Who are they to tell? Like, it's my business. They would have missed out, not received what God had because of the feedback. But because they're in training, they allowed, okay, God, what are you saying here? What are you saying here? Same with parenting. God, listen, I need your help. Lead me, guide me, empower me. Please, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> but John 16, it says this, it, or it tells us that the Holy Spirit 
He convicts believers of their righteousness. That he convicts believers of their righteousness. That, uh, that, he, that he convicts you of who you are. Now, Romans 8, 1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation in Christ. So God is not beating you up. God's not like, how did you do this? And like hitting you with like the condemnation stick. How could you ever do this? No, God loves you. All the, the wages of sin were, were paid for by Jesus. But God, uh, the Holy Spirit will convict you of your righteousness, who you are in Christ, so that, that he will give you feedback. Hey, actually, um, that's not like you. That's not who you are in Christ. Or listen, this is who you are. I'm bringing you towards who you are in Christ. This is what I've made you to be. This is what I've made you to do. It reminds you of who you are in Christ, what you now have in Christ. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is giving you continual feedback of who you are now in Christ. Because 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 17 says, Therefore, uh, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, you are a new creation in Christ. You have now everything in Christ. And so the Holy Spirit, he's giving you feedback, and he's, he's, he's convicting you of your righteousness, who you are now in him, who you are now in him, uh, and, and giving you continual uh, feedback. Another way that I see in the Bible that God has given for feedback in your life to grow is, uh, is spiritual authority. Now, people can get weird about that. Like, as soon as you say spiritual authority, you can get, like, really weird, and it, it, some is understandable. Maybe past experiences, you've uh, ha uh, experienced where people have misused and abused their position, uh, or, like, you've experienced where someone tries to lord over you, uh, or it's like, oh, I don't really know, or, like, trust, um, that sort of thing. Um, but just because maybe you've had that experience, and, and I'm sorry if you have, but just like, I don't know about you, but I've experienced, sad to say, I've, I've experienced food poisoning um, at a restaurant before. That was awful. It was awful. But just because the, the chef in the kitchen mishandled the ingredients, it doesn't mean that all food is bad. In the same way is that God has given spiritual authority, put people in your life, and just because we have experienced someone maybe who has misused those ingredients or where he's placed them, it doesn't mean that what God has created is bad. It's just that something has been misused and caused the result was, I'm sick and not well. Well, I think there's wholeness in community. But see, God has given a spiritual authority to help us walk with him, grow in him, and, and to give us feedback. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 says this, And he himself gave some to be, he being Jesus, Gave him uh, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for this purpose. For the equipping of the saints, uh, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. See, God has given uh, spiritual authority in your life to equip you to equip you uh, to do the work of the ministry. And what is the work of the ministry? It's not like Sundays, like, okay, the job of Josiah is so that I can be the best coffee maker, the best greeter, the best singer, or the best kids person ever. That's, not the, that's part of the ministry. But what the ministry is, is where God has placed you, that is your call, and you are to minister out of that place. Where you are in your family, in your job, that is where you are for the ministry. 
to reach people with the love and the hope of Jesus. So at the, at spiritual authority is to equip you for that. Uh, at 1 Peter 5, it talks about this, um, that we are under shepherds. Oh, I'll read it because you have it up there. And now uh, a word to you who are elders in the church. I am, I too am an elder and witness uh, to the suffering of Christ. I too will share in his glory when he is revealed to the whole world as a fellow elder. I appeal to you, care for the flock that God has entrusted you. Watch over it willingly, not grudgingly. Not what you will get out of it, uh, but because you are eager to serve God. See, uh, spiritual authority should never be, what can I get out of it? Don't lord over uh, the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your own good example. And when the good or the great shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of never-ending glory and honor. See, uh, what I want to draw out there is that See, spiritual authority is meant to care for you, to lead you, and because they care about you and are under shepherds serving God. It's not um, any which way of lording over, but uh, to care for you. And because um, if you find, I'd say you should probably find a church that where people care for you, I'd say here's a place for it if you're checking us out, um, is, is that we care about you. And so that, hey, if you care about someone, I had this pastor friend of mine who, uh, he, he was eating dinner. He was like at a restaurant. He was sitting down. He was eating a burger. And somehow the lettuce from his burger got on his forehead. It was like right there on his forehead. And he was eating away, eating away, eating away. And he was at dinner with multiple people. And then finally, once he went to the washroom, he realized... I got this big, like, hand-sized thing of lettuce on my head that he didn't even realize. And he's like, why didn't you guys tell me? And I think that's the same thing as, like, if someone cared about him, it was like, hey, man, uh, you got some lettuce on your head? <laughs> like, I guess, is that a new thing I'm not aware of? But you got some lettuce. See, if you care about someone, you're going to tell them. See, I, I, we care about you, so you know what? There's feedback there of like, hey, I'm seeing this. Hey, are you doing okay? Hey, there's this. And why? Not because of anybody's trying to lord over, but because we care for you. This is a sobering thing for me is Hebrews 13, 17. It says this. It says, obey your spiritual leaders, okay, um, and do what they say. Uh, their work is to watch over your souls, and they... Um, are accountable to God, uh, and they are accountable to God. Give them a reason to do it with, uh, not with sorrow. Okay, uh, I gave the wrong translation. The NLT is great, but the translation, it says that in the New King James, that you will give an account before God. And so that's a sobering moment for me as a pastor of like, okay, I'm going to give an account before God. How did I do in stewarding and, and caring for people? Did I let people know? Is there lettuce on their head? Or did I let someone walk around life with some lettuce on their head and then eventually the lettuce gets wilting and now they're walking around with wilting lettuce and then it gets to molding lettuce and then you ask, Josiah, why didn't you just say there was lettuce and now it's dripping down their face? It's like decomposing lettuce. I'm going to have to give an account. That's a sobering moment for me as well. If I'm under shepherding and I'm as well going to give an account. Um, 
So I'm just so thankful, uh, like, so I as well, I, my pastor, I'm just so thankful for where, as I've brought things back, he's given me feedback, feedback of like, hey, have you thought about this? Hey, um, I think you're good here, or make this shift here. It's, it's been uh, amazing for me and Natalie, but I, I think the fourth way is this, is, is faith community, also known as church. Um, uh, Proverbs 27 talks about that iron sharpens iron. See, when we are together, assembled in community, it's not just a club. Like, it's, it's not just like, hey, we're here. Oh, yes, this is great. Like, hey, that there's actually, it's a God design where we iron sharpens iron. There's a refining there. And where we sharpen each other, encourage each other, where we do life with one another. You know, as you assemble together with people who love the Lord and love you, and then there's, well, like, hey, you seem off. Are you okay? There's a checking in even. There's a, as you're doing things together, there's a sharpening. Uh, Ephesians 4, 16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. See, you have a role. I have a role as we assemble in the body known as the church to help each other grow. And there are times where we give each other loving feedback because you might be a little bit closer to someone than I am and you see, you see the lettuce on their forehead. And you're like, because I love you, there's lettuce on your forehead. Proverbs eleven fourteen says this. Um, I gave you the wrong scripture. Uh, it, 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 so you can take it down. Uh, but uh, in Proverbs, uh, it says this. I'm drawing a blank where it is. But there, there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel. There is great wisdom in a multitude of counsel. And that when plans go astray, when there is no counsel. What's interesting about that scripture, that when you go home and Google it and find the address so you can look at it afterwards, is... Um, is about that scripture is it's there's not wisdom in a multitude of opinions. You see, everybody, everybody has an opinion like everyone has a last name. Like everybody has an opinion. But you don't need opinions. You need wise counsel. So I'm not just looking for everyone's opinion. I want there's wisdom in counsel because there's a difference between that. Uh, and so I'm, I'm going to look for someone who has fruit in their life, who, who knows the Lord, loves the Lord, and allow them to speak that into my heart or into my life, rather. Aside from that, I, I, hey, sure, you give me your opinion, cool. But I want counsel. There's wisdom in counsel. So I want people in my life that have counsel. What better place than to have people who love the Lord, who are going in the same direction as you, doing life together in the church to be able to even say, hey, what do you think of this? Submitting yourself to one another and allowing them to speak into your life and give you counsel. What a better way of like, it's almost like God designed it that way or something, the church. Um, and, and what better way even of having thrive groups, of getting into a small group, intentionally putting yourself into a place for community. Uh, but God uses his word, his spirit, spiritual authority, and the church for feedback. Um, now, like I said earlier, because my wife uh, was a coach for, head coach for nine years at a volleyball team, took a team from like lowest in the league to the top of the league, super cool. So I gained an interest for coaches, 
Like, I gained an interest, like, what are coaches doing? So now when oftentimes when I watch a game, I'll watch the game if I'm there in person, but I'll really watch the coaches and coaching staff. Or like documentaries, I'm all about hearing about those coaches. What are those coaches saying? Because I saw that side with my wife. And, and, and what's interesting is coaches, of course, they give continual feedback. They give continual feedback. Change this. Make this shift here. Okay, I think we're going to try something new there. But they have a specific space in which the majority of their feedback happens. It, it, what's interesting is, is the majority of their feedback isn't right when they're like in the team huddle on the side of the court during a game. All right, we're going to do this, 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 this. It's not that. It's not on the side of the hill right before that, like they're competing for the gold medal at the Olympics. Okay, we're going to, and they give the feedback then. It's not in the team huddles. It's not on the side of the court. It's not on the side of the pitch. Uh, I like actually, there's been times where coaches are mic'd up, like they have a mic and during their team huddles, and sometimes it's more explosive than other, like it's, it's, it's flashy. But oftentimes what will happen uh, is you'll hear a coach on the sidelines or in the team locker room and everything. And oftentimes what they will say is, okay, guys, like we practiced. Okay, guys, let's do what we practiced. Okay, guys, back to the plan of what we practiced. Okay, we're going to do what we practiced. That, 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 that is often the time what they are saying in those moments. See, the space the athletes receive the majority of the actual feedback and changes for this is in practice. See, practice, uh, whether it's the time on the court or, or whatever, is where they receive the feedback. There's a specific place. And when it's game time, it's do what we practiced. Let's get back to what we practiced. And, and so there's a space in which the coach brings up, okay, we're going to make this shift. You need to work on this. You, you need to work on, on your footwork here because you're approaching the ball and you're not doing it well. Uh, you need to make this change. And the, and the players, really, if you think about it, they put themselves in a position to receive that feedback by going to practice. Now they'd probably get kicked off the team, as they should, if they don't go to practice. But coaches give the majority in practice, and that's the space. And just like athletes have a space to receive feedback, I believe God has designed spaces for us to receive feedback. So that it's not just God having to shout on the sidelines as you're like in it and you're like feeling the pressure of the game. And he's like, turn left. Okay, try practicing your footwork. No, that there's actually spaces in which we can actually receive feedback from God. Uh, the first one is this, is when we have specific intentional time with God, in the mornings, maybe you're an evening person and you're not even awake in the morning and you do in the evenings. But having the time where you set aside and you say, okay, this is my time where I'm spending this time with the Lord, where I'm praying, where I'm listening to him, where I'm reading his word, where I maybe have some worship music on. And you have that quiet time where God speaks. You create space for God to speak to you. For me, more, God's always speaking, so it's more so me creating space so I can listen, right? So I can turn things down. Uh, and God will speak in those moments. Like, I think God will speak on the sidelines in the midst of, 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 of the craziness, and he'll, he'll speak to you. But how much better is it if we're intentional of, okay, I'm going to intentionally have a time where the Lord is going to give me feedback 
as first part of my day. First part of my day, I'm going to be intentional. Not just having to have him shout over the, over the sound of the crowd and the pressure on the, on the field. No, instead, I'm going to go to practice, if I will. Allow him to speak to me through his word, through his spirit, and give me feedback. The other, the other place, I think, is as we are assembled or planted in uh, the church. Uh, Psalms 92, uh, verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. One translation says thrive. Spoiler alert, where we got our name from. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. See, as you are planted, as you are established, that you will flourish. <coughs> Pardon me. <coughs> in community. As you do life together. I think really out outside of devotion if you, outside of devotion and being planted where God has placed you i i don't think you can actually receive the fullness of what God has for you because God is giving you and trying to give you feedback through those areas so can i encourage you today that God is speaking to you he is speaking to you he's giving you feedback and no matter what channel he is speaking through that that we should that we should actually stay teachable, that we should receive what God is saying. And that, that to encourage you to allow your hunger for God and what he has for you to grow. And as he speaks, he's refining you, giving you feedback as, as that potter with the clay, and he's shaping you into what he has for you, who he's created you to be, who he's called you to be. And it comes from being willing to receive his feedback. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church Podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support and partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.